Seriously, uh, the your youth pastors understand how hard it is to put on camps like this. So I hope you're thankful for camp and what they're doing here because it is amazing. Also, uh, can we make some noise for the band? They're in the back right now, I think. So they've been awesome. Well done, band. Put this right here. Maddie, here it is for you. Uh, listen, um, hopefully you're up here with the church. Um, your youth pastors or people that have brought you up here because um, they believe in, in getting away from maybe normal life and uh, getting you together. But can you, uh, can, you, can you say a big thank you or just a round of applause or look them in the eyes, your youth pastors and counselors that brought you up here and say a big thank you to them? Them coming up here, bringing you up here is, is so incredible. And I hope you guys understand the value that they don't want you just disappearing from church. They want you being a part of the church body because our, 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 our God has called us to live this life together. And I hope you understand the importance and the value of that, of going to church and being part of a community. Those that gave their life to the Lord last night, you need to stay involved in community. Do you have to be a Christian to go to church? No. Is it hard to live the Christian life out without going to church? Yes. We're, we're called to be in community as you read your Bible. It is full, uh, all filled with community, community, community. As this video was even just saying, I uniquely make individuals and I put them all over. They all represent me. Some are in castles, some are in kitchens, but together we shine for the glory of the Lord. So it's important to stay together. Here we go. Galatians 5, if you have your Bibles. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. There's a lot to be read here. I want to overwhelm you with God's word. We're going to break some of these down. We'll give you two little applications and we'll get you out of here. It says this, Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk in the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Stop and think about that, what that says. How do I not walk in my old life in the flesh, the things that my uh, sinful nature might desire? How do I do that? It says right here, walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. Verse 17, the desires of the flesh, they're against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit, they're against the flesh. They're in opposition of each other to keep you from doing what you want to do. But... If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You're not under sin. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've died to that old self. Therefore, you don't have to stay with that old life. Now you might be wondering, what is that old life? Well, it says here in 19, the works of the flesh are evidence, sexual immorality, impurities, sensuality idolatry, worshiping anything other than God, sorcery, enmity, strife. Here's a big one, jealousy. How about fits of anger, rivalry, dissension? Is there dissension in your group? Are you the one causing that? Division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all these things I warn you and I warned you before that those who do such things are not inheriting the kingdom of God. But... 22, the fruit of the Spirit, those that choose to follow in line with the Spirit, the fruit of that 
is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. Against such things there is no law. Stop for a second. What does this list sound like? One that is uh, love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness. If you remember this cheesy little model we did over here, that is who God is. And those that are in Christ, we have a lifeline back to our God, our creator, who gives us life and purpose, who creates us. He is love. He is peace. He is patience and kindness and goodness. So it makes sense as we're connected with him, as we, as we are leaning towards him, it's a byproduct. The fruit is just a byproduct of being in a relationship with him. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. 25 says this, and this is where we're going to really hone in on. If we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this, uh, this camp, and thank you for these students. Um, the conversation's happening all week long. Thanks for the counselors and youth pastors in this room. As we leave this place, may we understand the gospel, and may it, may it be a part of our life every single day as we look to the cross and we look to just following your Spirit and what it's doing. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, you guys messed with those electric bikes around here on the, on the East Coast? Are, they, are those a thing here, electric bikes? I know it's a weird thing to ask, but in California, I mean, they're everywhere. Everyone just, it's great weather all the time. I don't know if you can ride a bike in the snow. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't choose to, but maybe you do, right? So in California, I mean, I, we can literally just ride it right to the beach, and we, could go, we can ride an electric bike pretty much all the time. It's awesome weather. If you don't understand, I love California, right? So my father-in-law got them because I can't afford an electric bike. My father-in-law got a few of them. He's North California, so we went up to, uh, uh, to visit them at Christmas time. Me, my, my, my son, and my daughter, we all jumped on these bikes, and we're going, and uh, we're, we're just we're pedaling around, and there's a lot of hills in his, in his, in his uh, neighborhood, and it is awesome. My, my daughter says to me, Dad, my, my battery life is getting, you know, it's getting low, but I'm looking at mine and my son's, and we're solid, and I'm like, oh, you'll be fine. You're fine. Uh, it, it'll be good. So we keep going down and up and down. I mean, we're, we are having a blast, and all of a sudden, her bike stops and I was like oh no and and mine's still going but mine's a bigger bike than hers and hers is really small so I can't ride her bike and she can't jump on my bike and I'm like it can't really be done and sure enough the battery is dead these awesome bikes that if charged can go for a long time and also have so many amazing things that benefits to these bikes but when they're out of charge it literally is dead weight and here I have this heavy thing. It doesn't even have really good gears where she could ride it without the battery. It, it, it is like pushing this thing up a hill. It takes so much work. And she can't hold my bike because it's too heavy for her. So I literally have to hold both bikes and push them up and down all of these hills just to get it back to our, uh, my father-in-law's house. Because I didn't mind the warning light. These bikes are awesome, but without charge, they're nothing. So there's so many takeaways. I'm literally thinking of this even just yesterday as I'm processing what to just kind of end this thing on. And, and this story pops in my mind. There's so many great takeaways from this. One, make sure you're aware of your friend's batteries. 
and the power source that we need to hook them to. And another very important one is make sure you're connected to the right power source. Because as good as you are, alone, you can do nothing. Making sure you're connected to the right power source. What this passage is saying, if we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. We've been recrafted, remade. We're no longer living apart from God. We are connected to God, so let's live as if we're connected to him. Don't try to do things on your own power. Let's talk about what it looks like to, uh, yesterday, I was going to say two days ago, but yesterday morning we talked about what it means to let the wrong things into our lives. Today I want to now just talk about what it looks like to let the right things into our lives. John 14 says this, God will give you a helper to be with you forever. You know him, for he dwells in you and he will be in you. God's spirit, those that call themselves Christ followers, God's spirit, he, got, they, he takes our heart of, of sin out and he puts his heart in us. His spirit lives in us, giving us what? The ability to counsel us, convict us, remind us of truth. This is all found in John. This is all found in the Bible of what the spirit does in our life. He helps us pray. He helps us overcome sin. We're given the Holy Spirit to help us live this Christian life out. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. God is our power source, so let's stay connected to him. In Galatians 5, just we just read it. If we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. We, we walk in the Spirit. It means to tap into the help that God already has provided for you. The power charger was sitting there at my father-in-law's house. I just thought I didn't need it. And all of a sudden, my, my battery runs out, and I'm pushing my daughter's bike all the way up this hill. And all I need to do is just go home and get a charge. Don't run on empty. You don't need to. Continue to stay connected to that power source. Don't find yourself drifting. Well, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to give up control and follow His lead. We uh, allow Him to influence us at home, at school, in a sports field. You're looking for the Spirit of God to lead you all the time, every day. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're connected to the right power source. And, and fruit is a byproduct of it. Because we're just being overflowed with His love, His goodness, and His mercy. And it literally overflows into everyone else around us. We have a hard time, though, staying connected and keeping up when we keep looking back to our old life. My daughter follows me around sometimes, and we're walking, and she just gets so distracted, and she's just kind of looking. I'm like, sis, come on, keep up, keep up. She's like, all right, and she keeps doing this. It's hard for her to literally keep in step with me when she's doing this the whole time and looking back. Now, I wonder how many of you are having a hard time staying in step with the Spirit because you keep looking behind at that old life and those old desires. And he's, God says, you've died to those old desires. You do not want those anymore. And your old nature is saying, yes, you do. And you're saying, do I? Do I want to really live like I'm living apart from the Lord? Or do I want everything that he has to offer? If he is who he says he is, I want him. So quit looking at that old life and keep in step with the Spirit. And you might not know you're doing it. But you find yourself drifting a little bit away. Drifting is interesting. In the ocean, I'll, I'll sit here on a surfboard and you got to keep a... 
you've got to keep it. I don't surf as much as I want to, right? But but as I go out, there there's just one spot, man. The current is just so it, it's so fast in some spots. And you go out with your buddies, and you got to keep an eye on the lifeguard tower. Because otherwise, you're in there, and you're just having a good time, and all of a sudden, your current takes you all the way down here. And within minutes, I could be super far away from my friends. That ocean current, I don't even know that I'm drifting. I'm just drifting down. Next thing I know, I'm looking at them. They're way over there, and that lifeguard tower, which is my point of reference, is way down there. It's so hard to swim up current. I got to run. I got to go all the way back to shore, walk up the beach, and then get back in and come back down. It's a whole lot easier as I find myself drifting. The only way I know I'm drifting is I look at that lifeguard tower, which is my, my, my point of reference. And that helps me know I got I to swim back here, and now I'm lined up again. As we keep in step with the Spirit, we're not finding ourselves drifting. And I just wonder how many of you feel right now, man, this is a good spot. I don't find myself drifting. Why? Because we're constantly hearing about the Lord in here. But as you go down the hill, and we talked about that yesterday, there's a lot of distractions. So I asked you yesterday, what are you maybe keeping in your mind? What are you putting in your mind? What are you letting in? And what are you keeping out? So here's what I want to do. I want to just spend the, the, the last few minutes here t- talking about just this an, an important idea that it's, it's not just about getting rid of bad habits. It's creating good ones. Don't just sit here thinking all I have to do is say no to these things. No, you have to say yes to the good things. Not just get rid of old, old habits, but forming new ones. There's a... Uh, how, how do we, how do we keep in step? There's a there's a song. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guys do this with me. All right, I, I, go ahead and move move your Bibles down. This, this takes your whole body. All right. I learned this when I was like in elementary school. I kid you not. I still think about this. All right. Here we go. Move your Bibles off. Put them away. Put them away. Put them away. Or don't put them away. We're gonna get back to it. Ready? Here we go. You can stay right where you're at. All right. Here it goes like this. It's so crazy. I literally hope. When you're like 50 years old, you're singing this song. You might even know this song, but I remember this song, and you're going to hopefully remember it. And it's so simple. But I need simplicity in my life, I think, sometimes when I overcomplicate. It goes like this. Ready? Everybody do this. Read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, Grow. Now, here's the thing. You're here. You got to grow. Grow, grow, grow. All right, so read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll grow. Stand up. Grow, grow, and you'll grow, grow. Come on. Let's see you grow. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll grow, grow. Go. Now, here's the thing, though. Some people don't do this part, but I heard about it. It's interesting. Neglect your Bible and don't ever pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. I'd sit down. We could do the whole song, but I will save you the embarrassment of hearing me sing. It is so silly, but to me, that is, that is true in my life. 
When I find myself distanced from the Lord, again, it's not as if the Lord's saying, I have, I've gone nowhere. You've drifted away. Why? Because I've neglected time with him. So I want to give you two applications that you already know. Read your Bible and pray. But here's the reality. Do you know how to do that? I'm sure you youth pastors have talked to you about it. I want to give you two ways to maybe do this that maybe new ways of processing this trying to maybe mix things up to keep things a little different as you continue to look at what it looks like to walk in the Spirit prayer. Any close relationship involves communication. Prayer, just quite simply, is a conversation with God. You have things on your heart, then go to Him. You don't know what to say. Jesus actually gives us a thing to pray. And maybe you know this and maybe you do it, but it is brilliant and very simple. And I know it's so brilliant because Jesus himself did this. Here it is in Matthew. It's the Lord's Prayer. The disciples are saying, Lord, teach us how to pray. You might not know how to pray. Literally, memorize this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, you could just say this prayer. That's fine. But can I encourage you not to? What would it look like to actually read God's words back to him? It's so beautiful. You could do this, literally open up any psalm, start reading it, stop, and then pray that back to him. It's so simple, and it's just the reality. We do this. Our Father in heaven, stop. Don't just say it. Stop and bow your head and think, God, you are in heaven, and you are my Father, and I'm so thankful for that. Hallowed be your name. Lord, I don't know what hallowed means, but I think it means you know, bless your name. I need to look that up. God, remind me to look that up later. Then I got it is I'm thinking about that. Can you remind me to study today too? What do I do there? I'm, 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 I'm just being honest as I'm reading God's word and something else pops into my heart and mind and sometimes you feel that burden. I can't think that thing when I'm talking to God. Why? If it's on your heart, he wants to know about it. So as you're praying, let this be a roadmap to you. Your kingdom come. What's something, just I'm curious, what's something that you could pray when you hear your kingdom come? What's something that comes to mind over here? Your kingdom come. We could say bananas, and that's fine. What comes to mind when you say your kingdom come? Go. His will be done. Great. All right, so how could you say that in a prayer? I'm just curious. Good. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have a best friend? Okay, who's your best friend? Uh, all the girls. Good. I didn't mean who. Yeah. Uh, would you ever say this to your friend? Hey, um, you know, in this relationship as we're, you know, going out to lunch, uh, your will be done. Would you say that? Why? Because it's not how you talk. Would you? So why, why, why do we think that that's how we have to talk to God? Your will be done, God. What does that mean? I don't know means, God, do what you want in my life. Oh, okay, what if you did that? You're going out to eat with your friends, and you're like, hey, hey, friend, order whatever you want. You, you know, whatever you want, I got you. That's different than saying your will be done. We don't, we don't talk like that. So let's actually be real with God. As we are, this God becomes more real in our minds. Otherwise, we distant him. But he's not a distant God. He wants to walk with you. So we humbly come before him and say, your kingdom come, your will be done. We read that and we say, Lord, have your way with me, Lord. It's about your kingdom. Let me understand what that looks like, God. And in my life, let my life not be my life. Let it be your life. 
You can go on. Give us today our daily bread. What does that even mean? What's that mean? Daily bread. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Give us the food we need. Excellent. God, give me food today. What else could it mean? Yeah. Okay, so good. Well, give us what we need today. So now we're talking to a holy God. We've already acknowledged this. It's a roadmap for us. God, you are in heaven, and I recognize that. God, your name is holy, and I recognize that. Today, God, give me my daily bread. What does that mean? What I need today, how, how would you ask that in a prayer? How would you ask that to your, your, your mom, dad, grandma, or grandpa? You need some lunch money. What would you say? Can I have some lunch money? Lord, I'm not sure if my parents have enough money today to get me food. And I, I recognize you are holy and I'm bringing that need to you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord, I'm going through it today. This old life is calling me back, and I pray you, God, that you deliver me from it. As we talk about walking in the Spirit, friends, I think you need a road map. And you need some simple things to just go back to. Can I encourage you with this? Can I encourage you, open up a psalm and just read God's word. Don't just read it and say it and talking like you're talking to a robot. Stop and read it and say, Lord, what does this mean? Lord, help me in this way. Just like any relationship, you're going to see this thing start to flourish because you're actually having a conversation with him. You're bringing your heart to him. But too many times... We go to God as a genie in a bottle. God, I need this. I need this. I need this. God, make sure I get this ace on a test. God, I'm stressed out. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, hope to hear from you soon. Bye. My kids sometimes come to me and they're like, hey, Dad, oh, I have a question for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, here's the answer. And then they walk away. I'm like, oh, do you not really want to know the answer? I think so many times we rush to the Lord to, to ask him things and ask of him, but we don't wait enough for his response. So in prayer, can I encourage you, pray these things to him and then just wait. Because sometimes he moves in, he, in gentle whispers. Sometimes he moves within church bodies and communities. That's why it's important. You're going to counselors. You're going to your friends that know the Lord. You're asking these questions to them. I went to the Lord for this. What do you think about it? You're going to your youth pastors that have some good knowledge of the word and understand to be able to bring that back to you. And again, here's the best thing. Friends, what does the Spirit do? The Spirit rem reminds you of all things that God has said, which means you ask him questions. The Spirit goes in the old Rolodex of your mind and heart of all those Bible verses you have, and he pulls the right one out to give to you. But here's my question to you. How big is that Rolodex in your mind? The first one is prayer. second one is our Bible. If you even know one Bible verse, that is awesome. But it's important to read these the, the, the Bible verse because it's good to just have those things in our minds. And you got to keep in mind, 2 Timothy 3 says this, the Bible is literally God-breathed to us. It's God's very words to us. The Bible has answers to the questions that you're looking for. What's your purpose? It answers it. How do you know if you'll go to heaven? It answers it. Is God real? It answers it. What's God like? It answers it. 
What should I what should I look for in a spouse? It answers it. How can I be a good friend? It answers it. How do I live life without regret? It answers it. We, we, we pray, we go to the Lord, and that helps us just commune with the Lord and then walk in the Spirit. Another way is we, is we respond. We, we go to the, to, the, to the Word to understand God's heart for us and the answers to those prayers that we're looking for. But how? I got a 12-year-old boy who is asking this same question, how? I, 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 I open up the Bible, and I just like somebody teaching me it. I know. Because it's hard work to get into it yourself. But if you want to walk in the Spirit, don't just wait for someone to teach you it. God has given you His Word. So how do we do it? There's a lot of different ways to study the Bible. Can I encourage you with one that that has kind of really helped me out? And what I do is on, on a piece of paper, I just write the word God. I write the word man. I write the word define, and I write the word other. Those four things. And I get a passage of Scripture like this, Psalm 34. Again, you have your own way to write, to, to, to do devotions, great, do it. But here's what I've come with. I'll read a passage, and I'll say, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His, his praise should continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. It goes on. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. Poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Deliver them, O taste, and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. As I look at this first slide, as you look at that, I just want you to do this. As you look at that first one, God. The question that I ask myself is, what does this say about God? And, and there's no right or wrong answer. This is, I'm not asking you to write a theological paper on it. I'm not asking you to teach uh, at church on this. You have an opportunity to learn something new about God. So this is game changer for some of you. What's this say about God? This takes work. But it's not homework. This is life work that you literally are going to walk out changed as you do this. We talk about walking in step with the Spirit. This is you keeping up with the Spirit, what the Spirit of God is doing. This helps us out. So I open it up. First few lines. What's this say about God? Spit it out. Right or wrong, it's okay. As you read this, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth. What's this say about God? He's worthy of praise. What else does this say about God? No right or wrong. I'm just asking. Come on, help us out. Extroverts, help us out. What's this say about God? What's that? He delivers us. Good. What else? He gives us peace. What else? He hears us. What else? Good. What else? What about this? I sought the Lord and he answered me. What's that say? Yeah. 
He's here. He answers us. Stop and just look at that. If you write these things out, I'm telling you, you could just say it right now. But if you write it on a piece of paper, your mind starts to blow open to say, man, God, you do all of these things. You, you, you listen and you answer. What does that mean? If I ask, you answer because your word says it. You need to know this, friends, because I think there's too many of us in here. You just kind of like, I don't know, does he really listen? The Bible says he does. And now you just learned it yourself. You don't have to have someone else teach you that. And you put that in your heart and your mind. And so now when you come before the Lord and you're like, Lord, protect me from, from these things going on in my life. But do you even hear me? And, and the Spirit reminds you, I listen and I answer. Those things help us walk in the Spirit, keeping in step, not drifting away. So that's God. What's it say about man? What's this say about man? Some things, anything. I I seek. I seek, which is interesting. I seek what? I could seek a lot of things, but here it says I seek him. So as I write that down and I'm like, I seek, humanity seeks. We all seek something. I want to seek him. What else? We are helpless. Man, can you imagine if you actually wrote that down and you see yourself, I'm helpless. Why? Because I think that we think that we can self-help ourselves, and we just kind of downward spiral because we need help. What else? Yeah. What's that? We praise him, or we can praise him, or we could praise other things. That's awesome, man. So what's the next slide there? Same passage, just a different one. What about this one? Anything in here? Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are not ashamed. What's that say about man? Yeah. That we're ashamed or that we can be ashamed and the only way to not be ashamed is what? Did you hear what that just said? I wonder how many of you feel shame. But apart from God, you will sit in that shame. You discover this own truth by saying, look, this says uh, those who look at him will never be ashamed. Humanity could be ashamed. Shame happens, but humans can also look at God. These are things you start to discover as you do this Bible study, and it keeps going on and on and on, and I mean, look at this thing. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Take refuge in him. That's another thing here. The next word that I, I like to mess with is de- the word, de- a defining word. There's times when I come to passages, I, I have a degree in seminary, and I come to Bible passages, and I'm like, what does that word mean? I look it up. That takes time, I know. But as you look at all of these things, what are some words maybe you need to look up? Blessed, I don't know what that means, so I'm going to look it up. What about, what about refuge? I know, I think I know it, but what if I go back to a, a, in a Bible dictionary is great, but what if you just go to a dictionary and look up, what does refuge mean? To seek shelter in. Does that change that? Those who take shelter in the Lord. Ooh, okay. That's something else that I could just kind of put down and I write down. And the last one is other. Other cool things that you see. You just exposited the Bible. You just actually did some little bit of digging. And that's just a small, small taste 
of what you could do. You could spend two minutes doing this, or you could spend 30 minutes and it goes like this. And now what you notice, we didn't do anything with application yet. We just looked at the Bible and found some good little just truth in there. And now we get to step back and say, okay, God, there's a list of things that you are true in. There's a list of things about man and, and other words that help me maybe look this thing up. And too often we run into application. I want to know what it means now, but sometimes the Lord says, I need you to sit in it for a moment, and I'm going to remind you of what to do with it. Or the best kind of application, pick one verse and memorize it. Why? Because as we pray to the Lord, as we walk in the Spirit, and we ask Him questions, He goes into the little register of our brains, all the Bible knowledge we have, and He pulls out things at the right time and reminds us of His truth. It's amazing how this thing goes hand in hand. And as we talk about walking in the Spirit, my friends, as we leave this place knowing that we are recrafted, those that are in this room, you don't really have an excuse. Those that put their hope and faith in Jesus, you are connected to the vine. You're there. So enjoy it. Quit trying to live your old life drifting away. What would it look like to walk out of here and know that you are recrafted, you have new life, and you live in that? But you got to keep in step with the Spirit. As the Spirit is moving, may we just keep our eyes up, focused on what He is doing. We do it through prayer. We do it through our Bible. And as we do, we grow, we grow, we grow. And the byproduct of it is fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And it's fruit not only that you get to enjoy, everyone around you enjoys that fruit. You're a friend that shows love and kindness and gentleness instead of griping and arguing and dissension and anger. Anxiety. You walk into a room and people are like, I can't wait till you get here. Why? Because you just bring a calm. And you're like, it's not me. I'm following the Spirit. Then people are going to look at you and say, man, there is something different of you. And you say, yep, I've been recrafted. And my life shows it. Can you pray for us? Lord, we thank you for this time and these students. It is a very easy thing to think about you up here because our life is focused on you. At the dining hall, we pray before a meal. At the dinner table, we talk about you. We come to chapels four times in, in three days. We sing songs about you. We hear messages about you. We read about you. We pray to you. We go to our cabins at night and we talk about you. And I pray, Lord, we don't stop. That we go home in this community of friends. That we bring new people into this community of friends and we show off your glory. Because we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but you made us alive because of your son. And we are thankful for that, Lord. May we walk in that spirit and know we are recrafted to show off our creator. Lord, thank you. Be with these students and youth pastors and counselors. May we go out changed and show the world you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.